John the Baptist came preparing the way for Jesus, and Jesus shows up and He says, The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. This, this verse then introduces us to this book that we're going to see, the works of Jesus and how He cared for people and served them. And uh, Mark's Gospel will reveal the, the amazing power of the Messiah. And Jesus preached, repent and believe the Gospel. So I want to ask tonight, what are you preaching? And you say, I'm not. You're the preacher, Pastor. No, every one of us is proclaiming something. In our lives, every one of us is proclaiming something. Look at your priorities. What do you think about? What do you spend time on? What do you spend money on? What makes you happy? What makes you sad? What makes you angry? Those, if you take the time to think about those things, those will really give an indication what my life is about. What am I really conveying? What am I proclaiming? Every one of us, every day of our lives, are proclaiming What's important to us? And, and I just want to remind us tonight of several things. Number one, only Christ can bring true transformation. I mean, the testimonies that we heard and, um, you know, we're just hearing a small glimpse of this. But... Uh, the salvation, the development of the faith, the transformation. It's only Jesus Christ that can take the burden off Aisha's heart and, and immediately have her no relief. It's only Jesus Christ. And, and it's because only Christ can change a heart. See, our biggest problem is our own heart. And our biggest problem in our world is hearts that are controlled by self or Satan and not controlled by God. And it is only God that can change a heart that gives us direction, that gives us forgiveness. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. You notice the theme in all this was Christ in these testimonies. It's Christ that did the work. And He uses people, but it wasn't a church. It wasn't a program. It wasn't a, a going to classes, so to speak. And classes are good if they introduce us to Christ. And it's only Christ that can change a heart. I mean, all of the things that the world offers to bring change, it may bring temporary change, but it 
it's like it's like washing a pig and putting a bow on it and turning it back out in the lot. It's not going to stay the way you intend it to because of its nature. And only Christ can bring true transformation and only Christ can change a heart and only Christ can give true hope. I mean... He is the only one that helps us to understand this life is hard. We can understand that apart from Christ. But to know this life is very, very hard, but God never intended us to go through this life alone. And He wants to come alongside us and be our shepherd And he says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, I am your God. I will strengthen you. We heard through the the foreclosures and bankruptcies and all of that. God remained true and He showed His faithfulness. and, And it increased their faith through the difficult battles in life. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. And he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I mean, that gives us hope. Where do you look for hope in this world? It's, it's definitely not in politics or the economy or our own abilities, if you live long enough, you're going to see your own abilities start diminishing rather rapidly. Our hope is in God who never changes. And life can present some very, very hard things. But, you know, Aisha's life didn't change. Her circumstances didn't change when she trusted Christ. But her heart did, and her hope did, and the promise of God did. And now, we as believers have Him to walk with. Only Christ knows. There are burdens that people bear that no one else knows about. I'm sure everyone here tonight has various burdens that that you're bearing. And some of them, as close as you may be, and, and if you have, by the grace of God, a, a, an excellent marriage, there's even burdens that you don't even know how to convey to the one you're closest to. But God knows. And Psalm 139 says, He knows when I sit down. He knows when I get up. He understands my thought afar off. He knows everything about me. And in Hebrews, He said, We don't have a high priest that doesn't know us and doesn't know what's going on in us. He knows us 
and he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities, meaning he knows us and he's moved by what's on our heart. And he's interceding for us. I mean, that's what we have in Christ. Only Christ knows. And He knows every detail. I mean, to think He knows how many hairs are on our head, that's an ongoing process, right? Some have fallen out while we're sitting here, alright? But He knows. And only Christ loves us with a perfect love. There are many people in life that have never really known genuine love. And even those of us that have had the privilege to know human love in a great measure, only Christ loves us with a perfect love. On, on the way into church this morning, the radio, a guy said, Christ loved me first, He loves me last, and He loves me best. And God's love does the best even when we don't understand it, but He's writing and weaving a portrait, writing a story, and weaving a portrait in your life as a believer for His glory. And when we get to heaven, we will be overwhelmed at how God loved us, and we were just, we know it, but we're ignorant to all the ways that He loves us. We can't comprehend it. And only Christ will make things right. I love Revelation 21.5. Behold, I make all things new. He's going to make everything new and put it back like He intended. This life, you know, people struggle with. Why is there evil? Well, God didn't create it this way. When God created everything, He said it is good. And the problem came when mankind was given the free will and we chose to live independently of God and that brought in the evil. And someday, He's going to make all things right. There are, there are many of you that have experienced um, complete injustices in, in which a person would say, that is not right. And in Romans chapter 12, he tells us how to respond to that. He says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, do not be overcome of evil. 
Don't let it overcome you. Don't let it put you into bitterness and anger and vengeance and all of that. But overcome evil with good. Why? Because I'm giving that to you, God. I'm, this isn't right, but I can't do anything about it. And even if I could, I'd probably do the wrong thing. I'm giving it to you, God. You take care of it. That, that's what we have in Christ. We can rest in Him. So, two applications I want to make tonight. Jesus came preaching, repent, and believe in the Gospel. And, and what we've just shared, those six things, are the good news of the Gospel. The, the fruit of the Gospel. The Gospel is Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection forgives sin. Since Christ is all of these things... Christ should be my top priority. What's your purpose for living? I mean, to, to gather things so I can retire and live well. What's that? Christ is the only one that, without going over them, those things... Nothing else matters. When it comes to the end, it won't matter what you've accomplished and what you own and what you've experienced. It'll matter what you've done with Christ and your walk with Him. The songwriter said, Only one life, so soon it will pass. Only what's done for Christ will last. I I can't think of anything more troubling and gut-wrenching than 1 Corinthians says our life is like it'll be put in a fire and purified. And if it's done Live for selfish reasons. It'll be like wood, hay, and stubble, grass. It'll just be gone. But he said, that which is done for Christ will be like silver, gold, and precious stone that are purified. I mean, you know, there are... There are... People living in your homes that we heard five, eight years old, young. Have they ever come to know Christ, the people living in your home? Just because they grow up coming to church here and they can say the right things, that doesn't mean they're a child of God. There has to be a time that they personally place their faith and trust in Christ. Our number one priority ought to be our walk with God and to introduce our families to walk with God. They have their free will. They can do what they want. But it shouldn't be because of our inconsistency or our lack of teaching 
or our lack of care for them. There's nothing worse than a life lived in vain. So Christ should be our top priority, our life. Secondly, we must invest our life in bringing good news to others. I mean, why are we here? Why is God giving you breath? As a believer, He's left you here to bring good news to others. You know, as, as Asa, Asia was sharing, I mean, I, I think we have six, six people in the church that drive school buses. And, and look how driving a school bus, God was able to take that through somebody caring. There's people that your life can touch through caring. And, and Levi mentioned, he said, God's showing me that I need to build relationships and care for others. Honestly, that's what it's all about. It's not to build my little hunker-down home when everything goes to pieces and I've got my wood stove and I've got my canned goods and I've got... What are you going to do when they come beating at your door? They know you've got canned goods. I'll mow them down. That's a Christ-like spirit, isn't it? Well, they ain't going to steal it from me. Would you give food to a starving soul? I mean, seriously, are we about preserving our life? Or are we about caring for others? And the reality is, God has called us to care for others. That's why what we went through this last summer is so important. And and I shared at the campfire the other night um, out at Freedom... I'm, I'm excited hearing people being, having our eyes open to care for others and looking to build relationships and, and that takes time. Number one, I need to slow down. Let me tell you something. God cares more about people than you and my projects. Our projects don't matter to God if we don't care about others. I mean, we've got several projects around our home that I keep kicking the can down the road thinking, maybe the Lord will come before I have to tackle that thing, you know. But more importantly it is, how can we reach out to this neighbor How can I minister to this person I work with? How can I reach out? How can I make a difference? And hearing the testimonies of these given tonight and how God has worked to build their faith and the struggles that they've been through, the whole world's full of people that need the glorious Gospel And thank God somebody gave it to us. 
And it wasn't because we're good and we deserved it. It is all the grace of God. And God forbid that we hide it under a bushel. No, we are to be the light of the world. We are to bring help and hope. And that's, that's why God's called us to do it. Why do you need to read your Bible every day? So you have the strength to go out and live right and then to be able to back up that living with why are you living this way and to share the Gospel. Listen, God wants to save people. He wants to transform lives. He wants to come into their life and, and encourage and give hope. And the world, and rightfully so, is full of hopelessness. I mean, look around. There's not a lot of hope except in Christ. And the, the challenge for each of us as believers is the ball's in our court. What are we going to do with Christ? Just hang on to Him and say that's good? Or are we going to share Him? And would to God every month there were people coming to know Christ as Savior. How's that going to happen? We need a program at church. No, we don't need a program at church. We, you are the church. We need us going out. You've got neighbors. You've got people you know. We, we just need to be the burden and go out and pray. Begin praying and praying, God, use me. Raise the sail as we heard in our studies and say, God, I'm here. Use me however you want. And that will mean my plan, my agenda for the day is going to have to be rearranged because... It wasn't on Robin's agenda to go stand in a driveway and talk to a young girl that night, was it? And it wasn't like she was just sitting at home saying, I don't have anything to do. Who, who never has something to do, right? We're all busy. And that's our problem. Satan's got us so busy that we don't even think about other people. And it is Christ and Christ alone. This is, this is so exciting. And, and to see how God works and leads. And as a church, now our responsibility, we, we need to be praying for them. And we need to be encouraging them. And we need to be learning from them. I said... Invite them over for a meal. I'm not joking. Okay, not a meal, dessert. Or go fishing with Lauren. She loves... To, no, I'm kidding. Go fishing with Christian, okay? Whatever, find out. Get involved. We need each other. And it's not just, okay, there they are. I just love how some of you look at me like, uh, are you done yet, Pastor? I've been doing this for 36 years right here. 
And I still have the belief that some will get it someday. That only comes from God. Because I've been saying for 36 years, half people over, I'm not going to embarrass you, but how many of you have really done that and kept doing it? Well, we have people over, but nobody... I'm getting on a roll here now, okay? We've had people over, but nobody invites us over. That's not the point. What if Jesus had acted that way when He came? The point is give and give. Freely you have received, freely give. And it's not so much the point of having them over. It's the point of sharing life together, bearing one another's burdens. It's a point of functioning as a body. You know, if if we woke up tomorrow morning and our human body functioned the way most, most churches do, it's a word I haven't heard for... We'd be spastic. I don't even know if that word's politically correct, but do you know what spastic is? The, the, somewhere between your brain and your muscles, the messages get messed up and, and you can't function. You, your brain says, scratch your head and, and the arm's doing something different. It, not only that, if you woke up tomorrow morning and we function like oftentimes, you'd say, where'd my foot go? Oh, it's not here today. You know, it's doing its own thing. There's a foot convention that I want to go to. And we laugh, but we are the body. And that's why we must be committed to each other and get to know each other and pray for each other. And there are weighty burdens that people have That it's going to crush if we don't help. So, this is is an exciting thing to hear these testimonies. I should have done this. I, I wanted to do it, and I don't know why I didn't. The fear of man. I mean, when those testimonies, I should say, yeah! Woo! I mean... You do it when somebody kicks pigskin through some plumbing. You know what I mean? Woo! You do it when you shoot a big buck. Woo! What is any of that going to matter? When you save 50 cents because you, you have a card to get 50 cents off a gallon of gas. Man, we're saving 50 cents a gallon on gas. This is, this is the work of God. And... What a blessing. So, let's pray. I'm going to ask Jason to come lead a song. Asia, while we're praying, you can go back there and get ready. And we'll baptize her in just a moment. Heavenly Father, the amazing work, how you transform all of us by faith in Jesus Christ, from condemned, guilty, vile, selfish, proud sinners to forgiven, 
And yet we're often still proud and selfish. And yet you begin a work in us that you promise to never quit. And so, Lord, tonight we thank you for the testimony of your working that you've begun in Christian and Lauren. And we pray your blessing on them that their lives would be fruitful, that you'd bless their marriage and their family, that you'd use them to challenge and build up those of us here and those that come into their lives, and that you would use us in the same manner. And Lord, we thank you for Asia. We thank you for the testimony that you found in Robin a a heart burden for her, and that you put those two together. That's an amazing work of you. When there was no hope in her life, you alone brought hope. And we pray that you would raise her up and use her as a mighty testimony of your grace, that you would bless her and encourage her and and that we could be an instrument in Your hand to do the same. And Lord, we thank You for Levi and Aubrey. Thank You for the way that even as youngsters, they came to know You. And and as many times the case, we then kind of go our own way sometimes. But You pursue us and bring us back. Thank You for the events that You brought into Aubrey's life that built her faith at a young age. And I pray that their faith would be strong, that you would bless their marriage and their family, that you would use them to influence many people. And Lord, I pray that every one of us here today would have a renewed burden to every day bring everybody closer to you. Lord, what an awesome privilege that is to represent You. And so we plead Your mercies that we would do that. We again thank You for Your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, Amen.